welcome to the first episode of Peer Review, a spin-off of The Rough Draft, brought to you by me, Artemis, and me, Colin, and this is, again, produced and published by members of the York Review. We're here with our special guest. Hi, I'm Bethany Toy. I'm a literary and textual studies major with a minor in professional writing. Um, I really like literature, especially within fantasy and science fiction. Um, I've always been an avid reader since elementary school, so you can always see me reading a book in the hallway. <laughs> That's true. And I've been in a couple of classes with Bethany, and she knows her stuff. Like, she... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think we've been to, on some debates and some classes together where I'm pretty sure you're with me. Oh, but, like, I like to hear other people's opinions on stuff, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, but it's fun, like, because literature, it really opens itself to that. Like, it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's definitely a debatable subject. So, in our last podcast on The Rough Draft, we had a conversation about Harry Potter. <laughs> and Colin decided to call you out because, I mean, as we both know, you are, like, a Harry Potter fanatic. Yeah, you, you can definitely say that. I grew up in Hogwarts. <laughs> Full on Slytherin over here. Okay, so that's so that's great. Okay, so in our conversation we were talking about um, Harry Potter and I am of the opinion that although I think that as a whole the Harry Potter group the Harry Potter books are very awesome. They're very um, interestingly written it's a very awesome like backstory and like a whole world that's been created i kind of find that a lot of the characters especially the main characters are a bit hollow and some of them are not as well written um and so for that matter i i didn't very i didn't really enjoy the series as much as i thought that i would um and also i i feel like and i tell people this and they freak out at me but I did not like the ending only because I thought that Rowling had the perfect opportunity to like flip the script on everyone and kind of give it like an ending that no one would ever expect. And I feel like after seven years of Harry like trying to get to this point and then finally getting this point where he has to fight Voldemort, if he were to actually kill Harry and like finish him off and then like win like Voldemort wins and like you know a thousand years darkness or whatever that ending would have been not only like a more realistic ending because obviously good doesn't always defeat evil but I think it would have been an, an amazing ending because like who would expect it like who would think that that would happen having read all of these books but anyway so what's your opinion so like with the characters we'll start off with that um I do understand where you're coming from. Sometimes, like, I don't really like Harry, and mm -hmm. some people will get mad at me for that, but I think he can be stupid at some times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, definitely. I don't know. I really liked to look at the characters and think about what would go on behind scenes. Mm -hmm. So, like, a lot of people don't like Draco, but I definitely see that he was definitely abused in his household and yeah. probably terrified of his father. Like, if you saw how bad his father treated Dobby... Just think about how bad he treated his own son and wife. So, like, I definitely see where you're coming from. I just kind of like to look beyond the books in that perspective. And so when you look beyond the books, right, because Artemis isn't the only person to have this. Um, some professional literary critics have the same sort of um, critique about Harry Potter, that, that it feels sort of cliche-ish. So when you look into the books, Bethany, like, mm -hmm. like, what is it that you find? 
I just kind of find, like, to me, it's kind of like home to me. It's like I'm always coming home. I grew up in a military family, so we didn't necessarily stay in the same place for a long time, but I always knew I could open up the books and be at Hogwarts. So for me, like, I always imagined being there, seeing the characters, and, like, looking behind scenes and figuring out why people are the way they are. Phenomenal. Sorry, go ahead, Arvin. Oh, I was going to say, I, I think that that's probably the biggest reason why I like it, too. When you, well, we were talking about escapism, and, you know, a lot of literature is that. You, you pick up a book because you, you want to go someplace else or be someplace else. And I think that Rowling did an amazing job of making this world that not only straddles, like, the real world and the magical world, but it's a world that you want to be in. Even both worlds, really, because they're Definitely. so well put together. Um, and, and so, you know, you want to be a Hogwarts student. And it's not necessarily I want to be there with Harry because, like, you know, screw that guy. But I want to be <laughs> in Hogwarts or I want to be at Hogsmeade or I want to see a Quidditch match. Like, oh, yeah. it doesn't necessarily have to be with that, that main character. In fact, it's probably better without him. I would because there's so yeah. much history. I never really pictured myself if I were at Hogwarts. I never really saw myself with the main characters. Like, maybe Hermione. Like, Hermione yeah, would be the, cool the only person that I would actually think to spend time with. Because mm -hmm. I think I'd actually get along with her very well. Right. Like, we both really enjoy classes. We want to learn so much. So I think we'd be able to have really good conversations. But I don't think I would ever get along with Harry. Because mm -hmm. I'm very stubborn and very, like realistic in situations mm. like if i think you're gonna die in a situation i'll be like you no do not go down to right. the chamber of secrets <laughs> like that's stupid <laughs> go grab a professor yeah like yeah. let's let's talk <laughs> this one through <laughs> but yeah no i understand where you're coming from with that that's great and a lot of um literary critics i i think agree and i, I think rowling may have found something special here in, in that a lot of people really enjoy harry potter for the world and the creativity mm -hmm. that Rowling mm -hmm. uses and it kind of like um, injects into these scenes, right? Like it's, it is very much like his name's in the title. It, it's very much Harry's story, but a lot of people I'm finding are reading Harry Potter um, and watching the movies for like this world she's created. And I think that's not completely unique to Harry Potter, but, but I, I think she does it very well. And I think she's the most recent person to do it well in a, in a long time. Yes. I think that goes back to how she created the books, too. Because J.K. had been abused and mm -hmm. had been in a horrible relationship beforehand, was broke and had a child. And this was her way to get out of that world mm -hmm. and, like, see something else and be a part of something bigger. So I think that really is why, like, she could touch on that. She felt like this is her escape. Right. So let's talk a little bit about, like, the cliche elements here. So we all agree that the world she has created is, is fantastic. It's great for escapism. It's a great way to kind of um, think creatively about your own place in that world. Um, but how does this affect and what does it tell us about our own world? Um, listeners, you'll recall our first episode, we were discussing literature and how it, like, what it can tell us and how it influences our conception of the human experience, right? So, guys, can we kind of dig into that a little bit, right? So, she might not have done so good with characters. Um, like, what didn't she do good? What could she have done better? And what's the result of that? Me? Take this one? Okay. So, I think, like, one thing that she could have done better was probably introduce Luna, like, 
way earlier. Oh yeah. my gosh, she's fantastic. She is a great character. And I think definitely more diverse characters. Mm-hmm. Like, some people read Hermione as being a black character, but I, I don't know. That's not really what I perceived as reading it in the book. But other people might have perceived her in a different way. But I definitely think she needed more diverse characters within that group that come from a different background other than being born from muggles mm-hmm. or being mixed or being pure blood or anything like that. I think we actually discussed this when yeah, we, we talked about it in class. Um, and, and I think that when it came to... So, you know, normally when somebody's writing a book, they just kind of write it and it gets out there. But I think Rowling had this very unique aspect of writing the book because she wrote so many books, and then they started making movies about it. Mm-hmm. And then she still had to finish the books. But then she became this huge worldwide popular success, and then she had access to so many people saying, like, you know, where are all the, the, the black characters and where are all, like, the gay and lesbian characters and where are all these, you know, where's our representation? Yes, and she said later on that Dumbledore is a gay character, but she never really gave me something in the book where right. it was, like, this man is inherently gay, mm-hmm. which, like, you don't have to be flamboyant to be gay right. either. But at the same time, I think I would have liked to see those relationships as a kid because I was very, like, mm-hmm. in a Catholic family, and I didn't know what that was. But I think also the diversity factor. You should show something that represents the world. Not everyone is white. Not everyone is straight. <laughs> like, right. You should show other people. And if she had the chance to show this in a in a movie setting, she could tweak it a little and maybe make main characters different, make other mm-hmm. characters act a certain way. I don't know. That's my opinion of it. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't... So I, I like that at the like after everything was all said and that she kind of came back and explained a little bit more. But I also didn't like that because I kind of felt like it was like she had the opportunity while she was writing it but then didn't do anything. But then after it was all said and done, people were seriously like, you know, now the movies are over, now the books are over. We aren't represented in this, though. Like, why? Then she kind of backtracked and was like, well, you kind of are because, you know, Dumbledore is kind of gay. But it's like, well, you know, you could say that about anything after you've done it. Like, yeah. now it's yeah. over, and so you can just put any old facts in there now because you wrote the book. So, yeah. like, you, you know, it, it's you. That feels yeah. very commercial now. <laughs> right. Yeah, like, like, like she kind of had to the, to the yeah. audience now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's so interesting that um, in order to make this piece better, what's suggested right now is to include that diversity, right? So it's it's not just, like, a political mood or move. I think... What we're getting at here is is good literature is, in fact, like, diverse. It has mm-hmm. diverse yes. and unique characters, right? So so this isn't just some, like, um, like social move we're, like, suggesting. We're, we're saying something about good literature as well, like, sort of combining that. Good literature is real. And in the real world, people are diverse and should be represented. Right. And I feel like um, now that the, she's still, like, very active in, like, the new movies that are coming out and everything – you would think that at this point you would start seeing that diversity too. I mean, yeah. the the head of, of magic, I guess, in America was a black woman. Yes, and then Dumbledore is supposed to be in this next movie mm-hmm. that's coming out, so I'm not sure if she has written him in a different format for yeah. this time. Maybe she did. Maybe we'll get to see like a relationship between him and someone else. That would be nice, yeah. So maybe she is adding in more diversity. Mm-hmm. I just don't know yet. I haven't seen right. the new product. And since they're not based on a book, we can't like read it and go, oh yeah, this is how it is in the book. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's based on a book, but the, the book's not like a book book. It's like, a, <laughs> you know what I mean? But yes. yeah. I asked Colin this um, about 
books before, but if you had to create your own canon, like just a, you know, of books that that is the epitome of literature, would you include Harry Potter and why? Now remember <laughs> though, it's a canon, so like it, it's gonna be like what everyone goes to to say like this is good literature. I would say that it is good literature. I would say it would be in that. Just because I think it reached out to a huge generation of people. And it spread like wildfire. Like, I grew up with Harry. You grew up with Harry. Mm -hmm. Like, we all knew who he was. And we've known his story. And it does have some of those classic tropes of, like, the hero. And how he gets through all these trials. And defeats evil. So I would put it in with those. Definitely. Okay. That's interesting, too. Um... Something I didn't think about until you just said that if we if one would say that they are not including Harry Potter into their like canon, like they're missing a big part of what Americans consider good literature, right? Like you can break it down and be like, oh, it's good because of this, good because of plot, bad because of this, whatever, right? But at the end of the day, this has impacted our society so much. And I think maybe not to include it, you'd kind of be like a little, like there's a little pomp in that decision, right? You're kind of just like denying all these people's interests into what you consider important for like United States literature, really. You know what I mean? Like American well, literature. Not even American it's, literature, yeah. world literature. That's, I mean, this, this book is a worldwide phenomenon. That's very yeah. true. That's very true. It's even beyond that. It's yeah. funny how the first book was supposed to be the Philosopher's Stone. Mm-hmm. And then for America, they had the to change it to the Sorcerer's <laughs> Stone. Apparently, we couldn't understand. <laughs> What's a philosopher? Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, that, that's oh, the so, Greeks. Yeah, okay. Maybe. Uh, Okay. <laughs> but um so and speaking of like uh so characters and the heroes so do you find i guess this is a weird question because so i'm not you're not a fan of harry i'm not a fan of harry i gotta I like, I really say because if i say i'm not a fan of harry potter it's just like i'm not a fan of the book but i'm not a fan of harry because to me i mean he does something but it's like very half-assed like <laughs> Like, because uh, all the stories are kind of the same, like, you know, in the beginning, Harry's sad because of whatever, and then, like, you know, he gets out of that situation somehow, and then he's happy because he's around, like, friends or new people or whatever, but then, like, something happens, and he kind of, like, it's torn apart from his friends, and then he decides to, like, go out in the danger and do it anyway, and then his friends somehow get back together with him to help him save the day. But... Mostly, it's like his friends do all the work, and then he gets all the glory. Oh, well, why is there only one hero in the story? Why can't it be a multitude of heroes? Like, well, yeah. Neville is a hero. He saved the day. Like, in all yeah. reality, the only reason Voldemort dies because he did so well, and he has never been shown as brave until the end of the series. And right. I, I think his story is really interesting to go through and learn about because his parents were also tortured yeah, right. by Voldemort. And then they just kind of, like, they kind of gloss over it because, because, mm-hmm. because of Harry. Because of Harry, definitely. Yeah. I see that. And Hermione is a hero. Hermione right. would have, like, if she was not in the books, Ron and Harry first, would have died. In the first book. Yes, yeah. definitely. In the first book, they would have been just dead. Like, they would have walked <laughs> in that thing with the dog and they would eat and that would have been it. Fluffy! Like, <laughs> So we got to wonder, like, why is this named after Harry Potter, right? 
Like, this kind of reminds me of, like, Samwell in Lord, in Lord of the Rings carrying Frodo into Yes, the exactly, yeah. Right? Right? But it's not named, like, Frodo <laughs> and, like, this awesome ring, right? Yeah. So, so why is it named after Harry if there's other heroes, you know? Like, like, can we talk a little bit about that decision to name it and Harry Potter's lack of awesomeness? I feel like literature... Harry Potter as a character. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like literature today sometimes needs, like, a focal point. Like, mm. and that's where you get, like, Harry Potter and the... Like, sometimes, um, like, if the world is too big and there's too many, like, other characters moving around, like, you need somebody to specifically focus on. It's true. Like, I, yeah, I definitely I, agree. I feel like, um, I don't know. I guess it wouldn't really apply to other... Well, because I'm thinking about Game of Thrones. Like, how crazily does, um... R.R. Martin handled, yeah. like, 86 characters. Right. But a lot of people are confused by that, right? <laughs> yeah. like there's a price to pay for that. It's definitely. Like, with all these different characters, I think it would be hard to go and skip around the chapters and be like, this chapter is Hermione, mm-hmm. and this chapter is Harry. Right. Like, things like that are only really good if you're going to focus in on three or four main characters. Mm-hmm. Four is really pushing it, though. Yeah. Like, that's still really difficult. Like, I have read books where it started off with one main character having their point of view turn, like put out. And then it turned into three characters. Mm-hmm. And to me, I'm not a big fan of that. Like, I want to hear the story of a certain person. Right. Like, you can't just stop midway. Someone's <laughs> dying and skip to someone else. I'm not a fan of that. Yeah. So having that in Harry Potter, I think that would have been difficult. One, because it is children's novels. This is something that That's children would have read. But maybe later on, she could have gone in and been like, okay, we're going to switch around and do Hermione for this Mm -hmm. chapter. Because we'd all grown up by then, we could probably figure out a way to follow multiple storylines at the same time. But you also have to see the three main characters are almost always together. Right. So maybe putting in someone else, like maybe have Draco's point of view. That's something that I would be really interested in. Or Luna. Luna mm-hmm. would be fun to go through. I want to see, like, what her brain looks like. Yeah. That would be really awesome. But also, like, it's a children's novel. It'd be a little different to start off that way. Mm-hmm. But maybe at the end, she could have done something like that. Yeah. Well, she still can, right? Like, like, why not go back and, like, tell us Luna's story, right? Yeah. Um, and she can pick an audience for that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like, kids might still be provoked to read it, so she can't be, like, overly vulgar right um but 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 i I think she can like adult this up a little bit and explore other avenues right because the world's so good why not keep exploring it yeah i was gonna say you know it really did start off as a children's book because that's when like our generation first got it but i feel like she had a great opportunity that as we were growing and as the books were continuing over so many years to like make them more and more mature as they went on just like the characters should have been getting more and more mature and the situation should have as well I feel as though it got a lot darker. Towards the end, yeah. Towards the end, it definitely got a lot darker. And especially, like, with Harry dying. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't think at that point he was coming back. I saw that the end of the book was still coming up, (laughs) and I was so confused. So I think that the last book is the epitome of, like, darkness and pain and sorrow and wondering what we're going to do. Right. So I think that book really just leaped and was like, here... Take this very dark thing that's going to make you cry and read it. Mm -hmm. That's how I felt about it. Like, I felt like they did grow up, especially in that last book. Yeah, I could do that. I just, I I think I kind of wish that it was a little bit more and, like, over time. You know what I mean? Because I I feel like kids would still read it regardless. You know, like, they're 
once you start reading the first two books and you get like stuck, you're not gonna be like, yeah, I'm not gonna read the rest. You know, I was, you know, you're gonna like read the rest of it. But then, you know, like us, like the people who grew up with it, we're like, you know, give me the next book, woman. Like, like I don't, don't spell check it, just put it out. <laughs> don't care about grammar. Let's go. Right. Like seriously, what are you doing with your life? Like, yeah. stop counting your money and like. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. So I mean, I, that was just me. Like, and my thing was, I always thought it would be funny if, like, at the very end, like Voldemort just pulled out a gun and like shot him. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Because who would expect that? Like, no. and, like uh, the thing that I didn't understand, like, like the biggest thing that got me was they had this huge epic battle at the end of the the, the book that made absolutely no sense to me. So you have like <laughs> these hundreds and hundreds or thousands of like freaking death eaters, death eaters who have like curses and all kinds of offensive magic. Then you have students who the whole time they've been there, they've never been taught offensive magic. It's always defensive. Because they can't use the, the curses. They're, like, illegal. But they don't care. Like, the other people don't care. So you're telling me that all these students got together and they beat these people with all these, like, horrible curses by just, like, what? Like, disarming them and, like, well, what? Seriously? Well, it was, like, a series of fighting, too. It wasn't nonstop. Like, once Harry died, that was kind of, like, a stopping point. Right. But I do understand. There's these adults going up against children. Like, that's a little harsh. But I, like... I hope that they were able to, like, man up and be like, I'm a yeah. cadaver or something like that. Uh, well, you would think. Just like, like, I'm going to do Crucio like on they you now. It out or like, goodbye. Like, and, but I also think it's, like, interesting to look at it. Like, they locked the Slytherin, like, house yeah. in the dungeon. <laughs> but I'm like, okay, you're just going to leave them to cower in fear. At least none of them died, though, right? Their family members probably died. That's oh, the, I just meant, like, none of the students died. But those students did Those students. Yeah. Like, Fred died. I cried. Oh, like, man. I think that was, like, the worst time of my life, I think, was when Fred died. Oh, mm -hmm. wait. Didn't Tonks die, too? Tonks that was died my, and Ramos died. Yeah. And um, uh, Mad-Eye Moody. Mad-Eye Moody died. Um, it was just, it was bad. Mm -hmm. It was really bad. And I cried. Although I like, I did like that she did that because, again, I think that, you know, the book should have been on a more realistic scale. And if all the good people ended up living at the end, it would be kind of stupid. Like, it would be like, oh, you know, that yeah. like, made it through. Like, no, <laughs> like, that wouldn't have happened. Like, half of them would be dead. Look, you know, a lot of them were, so. Yeah, a lot of them did die. I think, like, I think it is strange that a group of adults fought children but right. like if you look at that like they held their own they, they did, did they pretty did. well they a lot of them did die defending True. the school and you that's tell that to the parents like you know harry potter was here and we just had to fight some death eaters i'm sorry your kid's dead like <laughs> but it's not, it's not that not just that like Voldemort wanted to take over everything right he wanted the destruction of the world right so like these kids going up against that pure evil like they were brave. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, that's crazy. Dobby. Uh, oh, no, no, not Dobby. <laughs> God, I miss Appreciate Dobby. Um, no, I... I miss Dobby so much. I know. That, that was a really upsetting part of the book, too. Oh, so Dumbledore <laughs> died. That's what it was. Dumbledore died. I that swear, like, for the longest time, I, I thought it was fake. Like, I thought that he didn't really die, and, like, he would just come back, and, like, secretly he was working with Snape. To, like, pretend so, to die yeah. so that he could go and find more of the uh, Horcruxes. Like, that was my whole thing. So I was like, oh, the next book or in two books, he's going to come back. Like, Dumbledore can't die. I was so, 
I was so okay. pissed off at the end when he was really dead. I was like, uh, no! Like, no, like, I have an unpopular opinion on that. I am not a big fan of Dumbledore oh, in many ways. Really? Why? He literally, in Snape's words, like, fattened a pig up for slaughter. That's true, yeah. Like, he raised Harry so he could die. Right. Because he's a horcrux. So, in a way, he just raised this little kid, like, was nice to him and everything, and then was, in his head, was like, this kid's gonna die. Yeah. And like, then at one point, he just, like, cuts him off, and he's just, like, a douche drunk for the rest of the time. Well, he had to. Yeah. Like, for his protection, he had to. I do understand him there. It just, it just, it you're, harsh. it's really hard to go through that and then understand that, like, all of this happened because Harry had to die. Right. And I really like Snape. Not many people like Snape. I think he's a very well-written character. Yeah. I think he has very good elements of, like, personal issues with the world. Mm-hmm. Like, he's being pulled. He has to be a Death Eater to protect Harry, but also he's kind of bad in a way, so he's mm-hmm. okay with doing that stuff. And he also has to protect Hogwarts in a way and mm-hmm. be kind of like an informant. And it's, like, it's really inter- interesting to see this double agent here. Right. And I also think that's really cool. Like, um, a lot of people do, like, those, like, like, deep readings of the books and he does certain things it's all about like Lily and stuff Yes. but I also really liked the idea of uh, Harry Potter's dad being like this big douchebag like because everyone's like oh my god Harry Potter's so cool and oh your parents died and they were such great people but then when you really like when they actually get to the part where Mm -hmm. they talk about it like Harry Potter's dad was a bad person I mean he wasn't like a horrible person he was was a a bully right and then the mom was like you know, a really nice person who just kind of got swept up in that. And I, yeah. I, I really, like, I don't know, I was I was really kind of like, man, but you, you should really yeah. be with Snape. Like, he's such a decent person-ish. And then, decent <laughs> person-ish? <laughs> like, I mean, like, now, I not so much, but like then, you know, maybe if he wasn't bullied so much, he was, like, it, it seemed like he was a, a good guy and he just got, like, the short end of the stick all the time from, like, but that's, like, Boys. another thing. Like, I want to see Snape. I want to see that yeah. entire time he went through Hogwarts. Right. I want to see it. Because James seems to be, like, a big bully. But you never know. Maybe he grew up to be a better person where mm-hmm. he's like, looks back at that and goes, wow, I really should not have done that. Mm-hmm. That was really horrible of me. And he really, truly loves Lily. Like, but in other aspects, I'm like, Snape, man, like, I'm here for you. Yeah. Like, I'm so sorry. And <laughs> like, after so many years, he's like, still loves her and is willing to protect her son, even though, like, his son had a douchebag dad. Like, seriously, mm-hmm. that's so crazy, like... Because he sees Lily. In Harry, yeah. In Harry, but he also sees James, which right. is why he doesn't like him. Yeah. And I obviously understand that. Like, mm-hmm. if I see my enemy's kid, I'm, right. I'm obviously going to have some biases. Especially to the woman you loved. And yes, exactly. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's an intense. <laughs> I, I know. It's we we could go on for fanatic. like a yeah. lot longer. Yeah. yeah. I think we might want to uh, wrap up here though. Yeah. Maybe in the future we <laughs> can a pick a specific <laughs> element and dive into it more. That works. No. Yeah. yeah. We can pick a book and then look at that yeah. too. Because this is like the, over the entire series and there's a lot to talk about. There is a lot. I think like we could dedicate a whole show just like Hedwig. And, yes. <laughs> yes. Like what's it like in the cage? And like <laughs> how do you find where to deliver the letters? Like how do you know? <laughs> Instincts. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I was, like, okay, so this is going to be stupid. It's kind of off topic. It's, it's not totally off topic. But I kind of wondered that, like, you don't have the Pony Express and stuff. People <laughs> would, like, write letters and they just were like, to the care of Susan Pottersmith or whatever. Pottersmith. And then they'd just be like, New York, New York. 
And then somehow this person on a horse from, like, California would, like, ride it to New York and find this Susan Pottersmith person. And, like, a billion people throughout the whole, like, how? You know, if I don't write write a name properly on, like, the address that I'm putting on, like, a regular letter, like, that thing gets returned, like, nobody's business. (laughs) But, like, some guy on a horse in, like, the 1800s could find somebody out of, like, millions of people across the country. So, like, like, that's how I want to know, like, how do pigeons do it? Like, how does Hedwig do it? Hedwig, ow. So. He's got like GPS. He, yeah. Like, Some magical. Yeah, it's like a little like <laughs> thing. It's just like, where am I going now? <laughs> okay. He's <laughs> like, Siri, where is Sirius? Where is Sirius? Oh, no, now I'm sad. Sirius? Uh, him too. I mean, you know what? Actually, I, I liked him as a character, and I, I think that they did a good job of keeping him like a very short character in the story and having him die before he and Harry got to like really get together. I mean, it sucks because because <laughs> Harry should have had like that family element, but I think keeping Harry like without that family element kind of kept him true to like his character up until the end. I definitely think like his family was Hogwarts. Like he had yeah. a family. It's just, he always sought that bond to like his parents right. or to anyone that knew them. And like, I would, too. Like, if my family died and their best friend was there, I would constantly go over and be like, hey, what were my parents like? Right. Like, tell me stories. And that was something that hurt me. It was like, oh, Harry found someone he can talk to finally about right. his parents and see what they were like. And then they were like, oh, he's dead. Right. Go back. Jeez. But, yeah, Ron's family and Hermione, and they all were, like, literally just his family. Like, Ron's mom, I think I have to say she's one of my favorite yeah. characters because she just adopts Harry. Yeah. She adopts Harry, she adopts Hermione, right. and she's like, you two are now my children. Right. Let me take care of you. <laughs> I'm going to send you a sweater for Christmas. Oh my gosh, yes, <laughs> those sweaters. Oh god. Alright, so this has been our Harry Potter episode of the Peer Review. I was very, very happy to have Bethany on with us because she's obviously super knowledgeable about Harry Potter. But we'll have to have her come on again so that she can talk to us about other literature and other awesome special things that she knows about. Yeah, sure. Yeah. This was fun today. I always like talking to people with different like opinions about the book. Yeah, absolutely. And we definitely love you. Love you. We definitely love, love him. Yes, we have to love you. you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel so great. <laughs> we definitely love if anybody who's listening will share this on their social media or send it to like their friends and family. Uh, so that they can listen to it and send it out to other people because we really want to get our, our content out there and we really want to get people to respond to it. Let us know what we're doing, how we're doing, uh, what you like, what you don't like. If you want to submit stuff or topics to talk about, we have an email address. It's the rough draft at. Nope, I'm lying. It's <laughs> the rough draft YCP at gmail.com. So that's T H E R U G H. D-R-A-F-T-Y-C-P at gmail.com. I feel like that was like a song. I love it. I love it it. it could have been. Yeah, it could yeah. be a little jingle so for fresh. you guys yeah. today. It's fresh. If you want to submit. Okay. <laughs> no, yeah, we'll we'll work, we'll work on it for next episode. Yeah. We'll, work, we'll work on it for next episode. All right. Thank you, guys. Um, and that'll be the conclusion of our very first peer review um, segment of the Rough Draft podcast, published and produced by the York Review.
And stay tuned for next week's Rough Draft, which should be published on Wednesday. Thanks. Bye, friends. <laughs> Bye. We need to work on it. <laughs>